You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. On Monday afternoon, the Rugby League world went into mourning when news broke that iconic South Sydney Rabbitohs forward John Sattler had passed away at the age of 80. Known in the game as the toughest man to pull on a footy boot, Sats played 197 matches for his beloved Bunnies as well as four tests for Australia. He was also South Sydney's proud captain in four grand final wins. Over the next hour, we'll hear from those who were lucky enough to know John Sattler and some who even played alongside him. We're all rugby league fans and we all know of Mr John Sattler. John Sattler, when you talk to anyone of his era, and Brandy, we have both had that privileged position over the years in our jobs and, and at functions and the rest, always find the word tough. Often it's the toughest gets used, the toughest player to play this great game. All the thousands of players that have played it. Sattler gets mentioned in that context. This man, this imposing force on the rugby league field and the absolute gentleman off it. What a a great double for a sportsman. There was tough, brave and gentleman. That was John Sattler. One man who knew him very well. He is also a legend of our great game of rugby league, and he's been so good to lend us some of his time. Uh, today, it's Mr. Ron Coote. Ron, welcome to the program. Thank you, Andrew. It's very nice, mate. It's great to be to be on, come on and to speak about uh, a great mate. Well, I do think you are as as well qualified as anyone to pay tribute to John Sattler because, uh, for want of a phrase, you spilled blood with John on the on the rugby league field, um, shoulder to shoulder. You were opponents there at, as 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 well, but some great times. How do you sum up? John Sattler, the footballer, and John Sattler, the man. Well, I'd say uh, the football, he was the toughest man on the field when, whenever he played. Uh, um, and he was also a very great leader uh, as captain. And he, when he played big games, it was uh, it was great to have John Sattler leading you out. It uh, gave you confidence. Uh, uh, he was a great, you know, he was a great defender. He, he, he was, that was his, his forte. He was really in defence. And what you said, he was the nicest man off the field, but uh, the toughest man ever on the field. I, I was saying to Andrew before that for those that didn't see him play but then meet him, have met him in later life, it was hard to look at the man that you were meeting, so softly spoken, always with a smile on his face. The, was, the stories yeah. that you'd hear about the toughness. I'm, I'm just thinking about his leadership. Now, I'm imagining he was a leader through his actions rather than words, or, or maybe was he a, was he much of a talker as a captain? Oh, he'd, he'd he'd have plenty to say when the game was on. He'd given given instructions and you know and tell you, hey, get your, get yourself in the water, sort of thing. If you if you're falling back a bit, he'd, he'd let you know about that you weren't playing and you weren't playing as good as what you should be. 
Ron Coote, our special guest. Ron, for as long as the game is spoken about, um, the legend of the 1970 grand final, I think it appropriate that we revisit that this morning. Your memories of that day, um, when, when did you realise that John Sattler was playing with a broken jaw and how bad it actually was? He went up in the ruck and, and uh, bucked him come the other way and, and sort of just jobbed, hit, whacked him on the chin and 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 he he come back to me and I was sort of back there and I well, I looked at him and he I said what's up he said I'm me chewing and when he when I looked at him his teeth were were separated and one was higher than one one section of his front teeth was higher than the other so, so his jaw was just snapped right through he said don't worry about it, I'm I'm all right <laughs> he kept playing so. I, I couldn't imagine another player doing the same thing, but uh, he, he did. That was Johnny Sattler. He was, uh, like I say, he was the toughest man I've ever played with. And Ronnie wasn't a huge, like he wasn't a huge man. How, how, no, in terms was, of front rowers, he played front row, but he started when he was with South in the early days. He used to play in the second row, and that's what he wanted to be. And he didn't want to move into the front row, but South sort of had, had Bobby McCarthy and. Gary Stevens, all those other guys are ready to go, and so they they talked him into moving into the front row, which he handled terrific. He he was a he was yeah. a great front rower too. When all the biff was on, he'd be he'd be at the touch at the head of that. Loved the biff. <laughs> Ron, I'm and, uh, I'm looking at the 1970 grand final pack just so people appreciate that John Sattler, uh, just how how great this time was this year for South Sydney. You were the lock. Second rowers, Bob McCarthy, Gary Stevens. Uh, hooker was Ellen Walters. The front rowers are John Sattler and John O'Neill. Now, I know there were some good packs around, but well, how on Australian earth would any pack. team... Yeah, how would any team have got on top of that pack for skill, for toughness, for anything? That is just an awesome pack. It's won the comp four times, so, you know, that was what, right? And, 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 they, and we all helped one another and, you know... and. And filled in for each other, you know, when someone was a bit down or, that, you know, had a, they got some sort of an injury, we'd, we'd all sort of mill around them and try and do do their job for a while while they, they come good again. Yeah, so it was, and we were all great mates. We all used to go out together and, and have a, have a uh, you know, we were, we were friends. We were great friends. Mm. Scott Sattler is part of um, the SEN family broadcaster and, and each night, and we're very lucky. We love having Scott part of the program. But John, the dad, the proud dad, I mean, and you spend a lot of time with him, how proud he must have been of what Scott achieved in his career. And whether he made a grand final yeah. wouldn't have mattered to John, but the fact is he did make a grand final and he did have his grand final moment that is spoken about as much as, as indeed John's from 1970, the cover tackle of Scott in 03. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, he he was a very proud man of, of Scotty. He often spoke about him when you, when I'd been out with him on the way on the way home, and when he was growing up, I sort of knew Scotty pretty well, uh, and, a, and a great person, Scotty. And uh, yeah, so look, he, he he was very proud of, of what Scotty had done. And yeah, I, look, it's it's a very sad time, and uh, I don't I, I think he was he's he's a great man, John Sattler. He was a great man, John Sattler, and he was a great great friend. And yeah. he's all, like you well said, said, he was the nicest man, nicest yeah. man yep. on the field. But can I just say this? When you'd be off the field and you'd, if you and you talk with Sats, you'd, you wouldn't, you would not think 
that butter had milked in his mouth. <laughs> but once he got on the no. field, he turned into a, into a monster. <laughs> anyway. He's a white line man. Once he crossed that white line, that was it. Yeah. Yeah, once he once he oh, put the right. bloody the foot the footy boots on, there was oh no, it wasn't that. It was the white mouth guard. Once he put the white mouth guard in, it sort of clicked the clicked the something in his in his mouth, which sent him sent him into a rage. I think. What a competitor! Um, Good stuff, again, Ron. Ron. Really appreciative of your time today. Tough time for all the South Sydney family and and those that were close to yeah. uh, to John. And thank you for paying tribute to your great mate today. Yeah, thanks, Andrew. Thanks, Brandy. He was the unforgettable strongman who captained the greatest club. John Sattler was chaired from the grand final arena four times as a winner. People say to me, what's the most magnificent feeling in your life in rugby league? And they said, when you played for Australia, and I must say it was marvellous being chosen to play for Australia, but that very first one in 67, the feeling that we got after that game you know, with the blokes that we spent all our time together and we everyday training and, you know, the feeling was just, can't explain it. Audio there, courtesy of Wide World of Sports. Next up in our tribute to the late, great John Sattler, we hear from former South Sydney halfback and coach Craig Tugger-Coleman. Very, very sad day you know, for all, all, all rugby league fans, but especially the, um, all, all us Rabbitohs. A huge part of our life has gone today and... Uh, and I'm just you know, very, very upset. Yeah, Tugger, it's Matt Rogers, mate. I think we're all in a bit of shock. Um, you know, obviously we work with Scotty and, um, yeah, it's just, you know, he he, hold, he held his dad in such high regard and such reverence and it's just, it was it was so special to see that and, and to know what he'd be going through would be tough, mate. But tell me, um, South Sydney, it's just such a proud club with so much history. Where does John Sattler fit into the into the South Sydney you know history and the story? What does oh, he What does he, he mean to he, South Sydney? He, he he is South Sydney. He means everything. And you know, we just talked with you, Blake, Matty. You know, I, I, I get goosebumps talking about him because he, he meant so much to all of us. And you now he he was our, our leader, our hero, and the legend. You know, and he, he will never ever be forgotten. And uh, I was very lucky to grow up through that era. And um, you know, we never had much. As kids in Redfern in them days, but but we had our footy side. You know, I, I remember as a kid at, at the SCG, I'd, I'd go on the hill there and you see him. You first see him coming down the members' stairs because South played there quite often. Match of the day, and the biggest roar ever would come down when you see Sats leading them down the stairs, the famous stairs of the SCG. And yeah. I remember as a, as a kid saying, "I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come down them stairs like Sats one day." And mm. you know, he, he inspired us, you know, to chase our dreams. And um, you know, it's just, um, mate, you know, he, he's supposed to live forever. You know, heroes yeah. live live on forever. And uh, that's what we always thought Satchwood, and um, yeah, I'm just so, so, so sad. Well, he, he, he certainly will live on forever in, in, in rugby league folklore and our memories, mate. As, as long as there's breath in our lungs, mate, we'll always remember John Sattler. Uh, tell me, you know, you went on to, to captain your beloved South Sydney. I'm sure over those times you had many conversations with, with Sats. Are there any memories of those that you can share or, or times that he inspired you to, uh, to, to lift and go to that next level? Oh, I, I remember, um, you know, when, when I was a nine-year-old kid at Waterloo Waratahs, you know, he, he presented me with a, a, a drags to push bike. I so got Justin Ferris or something back in under nines. And I can't find the photo. My mum had it for years. And, you know, he, he's in shorts and then big, massive legs he had, you know. Yeah. He's just, you know, but he, uh, mate, he always inspired us. He, he was all, I, I just seen a thing on the news then. 
when we were marching down George Street, there was George at the front sat and I was right beside them both. And, uh, yeah. you know, we were two heroes. And, um, you know, it's just, uh, you know, but he was like always, you know, always talking to us whenever he's seen us. You know, he'd sing the victory song. He'd sing it so well. He knew he knew the whole the whole lines of it, you know. And, and you know, just, uh, you know, any time you see him, he was such a gentleman. He'd shake your hand, give you a hug, and, you know, how, how you going, Craig? And how's your family? And, you know, it was always how you were, not, not, not about him. And, uh, you know, it was just always great to be in his company. Yeah, you hear so many stories like that, Tugger, that he is just, he gave so much time and uh, effort to a, a lot of people, complete strangers. Didn't matter where you're from, just just complete strangers. Is he the toughest player you've ever seen put on the red and green? Oh, without doubt, yeah, without doubt. And um, I, I get in Bobby McCarthy's company quite often, and, and he, he he just tells stories about Sats, and I can sit there and listen to the same ones over and over again, and just how how, how that his team, who are all South royalty, you know, McCarthy, Coote, O'Neill, um, Stephen, Sate, Bobby Grant, you know, the list goes on and on. And the the awe they talk about him, you know, and you know, B- B- Bobby just Bobby tells a story when he first come down. He used to drive the train and in his little Volkswagen all the way from Newcastle. And um, one of the first games, he he gets his eye split open or something, and half time, you know, doctor's stitching up got a little hook in your eye, and there's a bang on the on, on the dressing room door, and Clive Clive Joseph says, "Who's there?" He says, "It's Ivan Sattler. Let me in." That's, that's his father. And he, Bobby said, the, the, "You know the." the He's still got the hook in his eye, and he said, "Get off that table." <laughs> He's wrapping the um, tape tape around his head, right? And he said, "Get back out there, John, or get in that car and get home." <laughs> and uh, you know, and 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 the rest the rest is folklore. You know yeah. what I mean? The rest it's just you know the stories that I was in one of his second games or something with the club, and he used to drive all the way down. Back in them days, there was no highways. You know, and yeah. you know, it's just. Um, yeah, you know, he was just a giant of a man, and um, yeah, you know, as I said before, it's a very, very sad day for all, for all rugby league because you know they, they people pass the legend tag a bit too often sometimes, but you know John Sattler was a, was a real one. He was a real legend. Yeah, he was, mate. And, and you know when you when you talk about you know John Sattler being you know the toughest man to pull on the red and green, and you think about the players that have you know your Ian Roberts, your Les Davidsons, your David Boyles, your Mario Fenix, your Sam Burgesses. I mean, there's a list of some of the hardest men to play the game, and, and Johnny Sattler probably tops that. Mate, it's, 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 it's so um, ironic how the rugby league world works. You know, Sats led, you know, South Sydney to premiership glory over Manly Warringah with a broken jaw for 77 minutes. And this weekend, South Sydney come up against Manly Warringah. I'm sure there's going to be um, a special tribute planned, mate. The, uh, will you be out at the game? Oh yeah, for sure. And um, yeah, I, I was just saying to someone before how, how, how ironic you know, he, he passed away the week they're leading into Manly, and uh, yeah, I'm sure um, you know, coach Demetrio will have the boys. I don't need to fire them up, but um, you know, just to, to know they're going to be wearing black armbands in honour of the one of the greatest rabbits of all time. And um, you know, he's as I said before, he, you know, he was our leader, and um, you know, the, the whole stadium will be full of tears, and you know, so. It's just, um, you know, as I said before, you know, your hero is supposed to live forever. And joining us on the programming, South Sydney Chairman Nick Pappas. It's been a sobering 24 hours, I must say. Um, no one who has a connection to the Rabbitohs could not be moved by the loss of John. Um, he, you know, represented everything that was great about the Rabbitohs. And uh, it runs very deep, I must say, across our club, across the code, across Australian sport, I think. Just what a legend the man was. 
Where do you start, Nick, when you try and reflect on a man like John Sattler? As I mentioned there, and, and you just said the word, the legend. I mean, there's the legend, there's the footy player, there's the family man, there's gentleman John Sattler as well. So where do you start in those reflections? Yeah, I, I called him actually yesterday the legend of legends. I mean, he amongst the legends, he was a legend. Um, tough and uncompromising on the field, and, and yet at the same time very measured and, and eloquent off the field. Um, and that was that, that contradiction, of course, and, and, and accompanying that, a wonderful humility, which I think we can all learn from today, uh, so understated about his achievements and uh, always talked about others always talked about the team first, the club first, and I think that's what endeared him to so many people. Do you remember your first meeting with John? Oh, I do. I do. Uh, it was during difficult times at the Rabbitohs when we were uh, expelled from the competition. I was then the club lawyer and meeting John. I mean, I was meeting one of my, my gods. I mean, uh, just the handshake. I remember the handshake. I remember the, the large hand and uh, gripping my baby hand and... Uh, and I remember his, his, his words of wisdom. I particularly remembered yesterday John addressing the 80,000 that, that had marched in, 2000, in 2001, mm. uh, seeking reinstatement uh, to the competition. And I remember John walking up the steps of the town hall and addressing the crowd and looking at the faces of the crowd. It was like they believed when John said we were going to fight this and we were going to fight to death, obviously accompanied by other greats like George Piggins. But when John said it, people believed and people listened. And I'll never forget that moment when there was this hushed silence along George Street, 80,000 people all looking at John's face as he said those words. And it's a moment that will never leave me. I watched some of that last night on the news, Nick, and I you know, vividly remember those images as well. And there's John addressing the crowd. There he is side by side with George Piggins leading the throng. He's got the, the big old uh, mobile phone attached to the, to the belt while he's making those. I mean, it's a throwback from yesteryear. But take us, if you can, behind the scenes then of, of what people like Johnny Sattler, we know the role that uh, George played in particular and so many of the big names played. But what, what else happened behind the scenes that, that said to you, we've got the right man in our corner here? Uh, John was a galvanising influence. He, he galvanised the crowd on that day that I just referred to. He galvanised privately behind the scenes. And he gave, us, he, he gave us the fortitude, Matt. He gave us the fortitude to take on what was then seen to be an impossible fight. Uh, as I said, if, you, if John was in the room with you, you felt good about marching on and, and taking on the opposition. I'm sure it was the same in the sheds when he, was, when he was playing and he was captaining the side. And it was definitely the same when we were in the courts. If John was with us, we were going to be fine. You use the word legend of, of legends. Is there, is there one word that you could finish off that I think summarises or perhaps you think summarises the, the life of John Sattler? Unforgettable. That's the word. You know, his memory with our club will be eternal. Um, he is unforgettable. He he stands apart, and he always will. And I, and you know, I talked to my son yesterday, who's you know in his early thirties, and obviously never saw Sattler play. But the impact that it had on him um, reinforced in my mind just how unforgettable his legacy is. And that's what a true legacy is. Something that is felt by generations who didn't actually experience the deeds of the great man. Mm. Um, but they understand. And my son and generations that will come after him will understand just what a person Sattler was. That dichotomy between the warrior on the field 
and the gentleman off the field that's been repeated so many times in the last 24 hours uh, reinforces to all of us just how what a great role sport can play if you conduct yourself in the right manner. Jason Demetrio on the line. No doubt a tough week, not only for the Sattler family, but for the Rabbitohs club. Jace, uh, explain to our listeners what John Sattler means to South Sydney. It's hard to put into words uh, what he means to the club and that era of player means to the club as well. But um, since my time at the club, or growing up as a football lover, you know, Sattler name was entrenched in uh, rugby league folklore. And then to work at a place like South Sydney, you quickly come to understand why. And there's a fair amount of passion from our supporters. And, um, you know, John's time at the club, not only as a player, but what he did in terms of leading the march to get the club back in um, to the NRL and what he showed, how much the club meant to him has left a lasting legacy. And there's no doubt what he brought to the club is etched in the four walls inside Redfern. And uh, we'll be sure to take that uh, with us to Heffron as well when we move. But John's contribution to the club was was enormous. And uh, I even remember last year in the final series and uh, Saz sending me a message um, from John saying that was old school Rabbitohs when we beat the Roosters in the final. So he was still uh, up until then really enjoying watching the Bunnies play. Mate, look, it's it's a tough week for South fans, uh, for South players, for the coaching staff, and anyone involved with the club. Mate, how I mean, it's going to be tough to manage. How how are you going to, I guess, temper the emotions because. I mean, it can be a pretty exhausting week with all this emotion sort of flowing. Uh, is there, have you got any plans to sort of try to keep the guys protected? I want it to be a celebration. I want us to celebrate uh, the great things that he brought to our club on the field and off the field. And uh, I think the players will embrace that pretty well and, and use that as a little bit of extra motivation. You know, it's, the players are fairly motivated anyway, but uh, when you're putting on that tribute jersey, I'm sure that it, it'll mean a lot to them. Unbelievable, the, the fact that you know, John did pass away this week and you're taking on Manly, almost a reenactment of that 1970 grand final. So mm. uh, best of luck tonight. I, I'm sure uh, a lot of NRL fans, and, and particularly, obviously, the South Sydney fans, right behind the team this week. Best of luck, Jason. Yeah, Demetri. good luck, mate. All right, thanks, guys. A special occasion that we're looking forward to. And there was nothing left for people like us in September 1970. Some work the Everly Railway Yards, some work the Tanneries and the Botany Show. We didn't work a Saturday, but John Sattler broke his jaw. If it's high enough, if it's long enough, if it's straight between the posts. Drink your beer and shed no tears that these days you miss the most. What a brilliant tribute to the late, great John Sattler. Now we know John as an icon of the code, and he was lucky enough to play with some of the all-time greats during his career. And I was lucky enough to catch up with one of those very icons this week, a brilliant player in his own right, a former teammate of Sats, the legendary Bobby McCarthy. The two knew each other almost their entire lives. So I began by asking Bob if he remembers the day he first met John Sattler. Well, I was only a kid then. I was I was eighteen, and when he, when Johnny come down, he was twenty. He he got brought down as a lock forward as he played against the Poms that come out in nineteen sixty two for Newcastle, and uh, 
uh, there's an all-in-blue after the game, all that type of stuff, and Newcastle knocked them over, and South saw something in him that uh, they thought they'd, they'd get, so they brought him down the next year as a lock forward, and I was I was only 18, and I was I think I was programmed to play second grade for the year in, as a lock forward, and then progress up, but um, in Satch's first game in the pre-season comp uh, at Redfern Oval there, he got sent off, and... Uh, which was unusual for him. <laughs> it was the start of, uh, of many of many a journey for him, and and I must have played a right in second grade because the next week when Sats got a Sats got a week for it, and I come up and played the next week and first grade, and I must have went right again, and I kept the locks board, forward spot for the rest of the year, and they pushed Johnny up or Sats up to second row, and he stayed there for a couple of years until Ronnie Coote came up, and then. I got put because I was getting too big. I got pushed up to front uh, second row with Sats and. And then when Gary Stevens and these other blokes come up, he finished up in the front row where he finished up captain in Australia and playing for Australia. So um, well, my, my first introduction to him was, was way back then. And I remember in our first year, we were playing Parramatta out at um, Cumberland Oval, the old Cumberland Oval. Yeah. And I was walking in the dressing room, walking in along the front of the old, remember the old wooden grandstand there at Cumberland Oval? Yes. Before they pulled it down. Anyway, uh, I was walking in and Sats was signing some autographs just in front of me and I noticed he had a cast on his hand. And I said to him, um, what, what happened, mate? And he said, oh, well, he said, I dropped them. In those days when Sats come down, he, he, he spent a couple of weeks working at General Motors Holden, which is East Gardens now up there at um, Pagewood. Yeah. And he worked, he worked there on the assembly line and apparently one of the machines, one of the engines fell or got misplaced somehow in the air on, on, on the chain and it fell down and such that his hand had landed on his hand and broke his hand. And uh, he had this plaster on his car, uh, plaster on his wrist and I said, uh, how long are you out for? And he said, I'm playing. He said, you can't play with that. He said, I'll be right. So we got in the dressing room and I think I said something to Michael Cleary or someone there. I said, is this such as hand? He thinks he's going to play. And they just all laughed and in those days, there was no doctors, but they used to bring a box along that had um, you know, smelling salts and, and bandages and scissors in there. And he put, pulled the box up on the table and got the scissors out and cut the plaster cast off and went out. And you know, Paramount in those days had a pretty pretty good side. They had a good t- tough pack of forwards. They had you know blokes with the ilk of uh, Dick Thornett and Brian Ambley, Ron yeah, Lynch, yeah, um, Billy Rain, Billy Rainer. They all played for Australia, so they were pretty woolen mob. Anyway, Sats went out in the field and. Uh, Slapped a few blokes around and got slapped back. And when the game was over, I said, what are you going to do with your arm? And he said, uh, I'll just go back to the South in the hospital and get it um, plastered up again. <sighs> so we knew then that he was, uh, he was a tough nut. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, or mad. Yeah. Uh, rough and ready, a little bit wild. Uh, you mentioned the fact that he, he might have got sent off in his first game. It seemed to be a, a, a trend for him early on. But what happened in 1967? I know you had success in 65, losing to the great... Dragons side, but 67, oh, yeah. Clive Churchill comes. What did Clive see in John that made him captaincy material? Well, they could see. We, we, we all we all, you know, believed in him and all that type of stuff and liked the way he played, like, even though we all couldn't do that way, otherwise we'd all finish on the bench. But yeah. uh, he could see captaincy material in him, the way he, he sort of spoke and everyone respected him. And, and I think one of the reasons, as the press said, was to calm him down, but it never calmed him down. I mean, I, I know he did get sent off more times before he was captain than when he was captain, but even when he was captain, he used to get sent off. And then I remember a few times, I think he held the record for most send-offs. Right. I think Noel Kelly might have been up near him, but Noel Kelly, Noel Kelly said that he got sent off more for scrum infringements than, you know, punching or fighting or whatever. And so that's more or less held the record for the, for the, for the, for the fair income stuff. And, um, 
I, many a time, he when he got sent off, he'd look back at me and just say, Macca, when he's walking off the field and he got sent off, he'd say, um, you take over, you make sure you get us home, you know. And, and we'd done that a few times with, with 12 men, and I think we'd beat Bowen Main once in... In 1964, with 11 men, so we had a pretty good side, you know. That uh, he, uh, you know, he held the record, and uh, he, I don't think he's real proud of it going to get set off. But I think <laughs> that's the way he was, you know. He, he just um, he just stopped in flint and punishment, and he knew that back in those days it was a matter of getting at the top of your opposition, and that was his his main aim. And he tried to play it to the fore. Yeah. You can't talk John Sattler without talking the 1970 grand final. 77 minutes of the game he played with a, a jaw that was fractured in three parts. I thought the the really interesting part, and I you know read all the stories and, and, and see the vision, and the little entry in the Wikipedia page that said John Bucknell did not finish the game. Can you tell us about being on the field with John at that time and, and, and what the team's response was to his broken jaw? Yeah, well, you know, Sats put it on. He, he, I was on the same side of the ruck with him, and he sort of gave uh, Johnny um, Bucknell a bit of a touch-up first and and thought he'd sort of just drop off. But as Sats turned around, Johnny Bucknell would have been all fired up. It was in the first couple of minutes of the grand final, and he would have been revved up by his coach to uh, don't take any crap off the South you know, tough blokes and all yeah. that, and uh, uh, Sats went whack and give him a bit of a touch-up, and then Sats turned his head. Bucknell's gone crashing. Bucknell was like you. He was a big, tall bloke, and he sort of punched Sats downwards. Like, if he would have punched Sats with a normal punch, Sats used to wear this big, um, like, boxer's mouth guard, and the, and the, and the punch would have, uh, the teeth, would, his, teeth, his bottom jaw would have, would have um, just sort of shocked up with the with the mouth, the mouth guard. Yeah. But um, because he he was so tall that Sats, he sort of punched him downwards and Sats's jaw come apart. And uh, I seen him go to the ground and he was a bit stunned there for a while. And I just thought, oh, I forgot about him for a couple of seconds because, you know, we're trying to get on top. I forget who had the ball or whatever then. Sats, I said to Sats, you're all right. And when he looked at me, I could see one row of teeth on one side and one row of teeth on the other side oh. was like the first floor in the, in the basement with his teeth. Wow. And we just said to each other, with the forwards, you know, Satsas broke his jaw, we better keep the ball off him and he wouldn't go off. And at half time, we said, you've got to go. And he, he said, no, he said, don't play around me. He said, give me the ball. And he said, no, we'll handle it, mate. And he said, no, no, give it to me. I'll freaking give you a touch up, you know. So we <laughs> give, we'll give him the ball. And they knew that he had a broken jaw. Yeah. I think Pogo Morgan gave it to him first up when he took the ball up from the kickoff. He, big Pogo just went smash and smashed him straight in the head. And I thought that'll be the end of him now and we'll get someone out from the second grade. But he just got up, played the ball and got back into the game. And we won the grand final and made that speech and he made a lap of honour and went in the dressing room. And he, he um, you remember the, in the, the end dressing room, then they used to have a bath up in the corner. Yeah. The bath was in the room on its own, and that's got Johnny Johnny Martin, one of the officials, to go in there and uh, and uh, put the bath on for him so he could fix his jaw up, because that night they were picking the Australian side to go to England for the uh, World Cup, and he would have been captain. And after the games, then, and they were walking up saying, uh, uh, Sets broke his jaw, and we're saying, Oh, I don't know what you're talking about, you know, and all that. And then so they went over to where the bath was, and they're saying that Sats, you, you right there, Sats, and Sats was saying, I'll be out in a minute. And Clive came over and said, Come on, you better come out, Sats. These blokes got to file their stories, you know, before six o'clock, you know, yeah. as it was. And yeah, he said, I'll be out in a minute. And so all of a sudden, the door opened, and we all looked over to see what was going to happen. And he Sats opened the door, and he as he went to say hello, his jaw fell apart again. And yeah. 
said to him later after he, uh, a couple of weeks after when he come back out of the hospital, I said, what was he doing in, the, in that thing? And he said, I was trying to push me jaw back into place, but <laughs> when he opened his mouth, it all come apart again. Uh, uh, <laughs> he was hoping he would have, would have, you know, he would have got through the medical of going to England and captain the Aussies, but I don't know where he was going to play if there was a broken jaw. Uh, but he was a tough nut, like, you know, when yeah. they made him, they saw made the mole. Yeah. I'll tell you what, Bob, I, I, you know, reading today and, and, and hearing people's thoughts and hearing your thoughts on it, it's a reminder of why we love the game. It's a reminder of why we love a team and it's a reminder of, you know, why we respect the, the people that have, have come before and, and dug the well. It's been incredible to talk to you, mate. I'm, it's great to share some memories of a, a very special human that you obviously had a very close relationship with and I, I really appreciate your time today, Bob. Uh, thanks very much, Jimmy. Um, yeah, it's a very sad day for rugby league in general, but um, you know, he's a great father and they're all, they're all very close to his family and my family. Um, thanks for your time, Bob McCarthy. All right, Jimmy. Thanks, mate. good, leading 12 points to 6 at half time, but there was plenty of concern in the South dressing room over Sattler's smashed jaw. His longtime compatriot up front, John O'Neill. I said to him, I said, uh, what's wrong? And this part of his jaw was dropped and these teeth level at the bottom of these teeth were split through the middle and split up here. And I said, oh, gee whiz, mate. I said, you broke your jaw, you better get off the field. He said, no, I'll be right. I'll buy a snake, come and get off. I said, you've got a broken jaw. I said, it's smashed. Anyway, he, he, uh, he stayed on, you couldn't get him off, and at half time I thought, oh, well, it's, but there's no one in the world we can keep him down. That was a brilliant effort, it was a great effort, it was just a, just sheer uh, uh, toughness and guts. Another major triumph for the South Sydney Rabbitohs, and for master coach Clive Churchill. And what a courageous performance by John Sattler, one that will never be erased in the minds of all ardent South followers. Sports Day, Matt Rogers, Jason Matthews. Mm. And our great mate, Scotty Sattler. Yeah, mate, I'm surprised to see you. Sorry if I keep breaking down. No, you're right, <laughs> yeah, mate. You're right. I've got to keep deep breaths. But um, oh, I just felt as though that I want to start celebrating him. Yeah, for so long now, so many people would would see me in the street and say, how's Dad going? And you've got to try and explain, oh, he's not that great. You know, he's battling he had dementia. And when it happened yesterday, I, you know, obviously there's that, that real grieving process, which we'll go, we go through for a while at the moment. Um, but I, I just want to start celebrating how how good of a guy he was. Yeah, you know, everyone talks about his rugby league career, and you know, growing up as a kid, I looked at him as a fan. And you see your dad getting stopped by everyone, and my dad, your dad was in pubs as well. So very yeah. special people, the publicans back in mm. the day, and it means they're great with people and they give their time. Mm. Sometimes their greatest strength is also their greatest weakness, which means they give all their time to everyone else. Yeah, the, wrong, the wrong people. So yeah. go, what about me? So, yeah, you know, I, I used to love watching him just just give everyone his time. And so, you know, I want to start talking about... Everyone knows how great of a rugby league player he was, how great of a leader he was. You know, my greatest memories of how he tried to shape me as a, as a young man, watching the way that he just was with people. And I always use this this quote that, you know, they said, what was it like growing up in pubs with your dad? And I said, he, he taught me to talk to the bricklayer and the barrister yep. in, the, in the one conversation. So, yeah, guys, I'm still going to do a lot of grieving. I've, I've never cried so much in my life, but um, I just want to start talking about him as a guy. 
Yeah, you know, Gary now. Morgan, who you know through yep. rugby, Ratton, who I, you know, we, I knew him through our fathers who played against each other and, and I got to play with Garrick at the Crushers and we've remained very good friends. And he texted me today, sorry to hear about you know, condolences to your family. What I loved about your father is he made you feel like the most special person in the room. Mm, wow. Bob McCarthy used to always say, he looks like a choir boy, but he played like the devil. Yeah. And he said, I've seen so many time sets that I've been on the field with him. The perfect teammate, really. Per- yeah, I heard you say that yesterday. I, yeah. he, he, I looked at him the way that he was with his teammates and... And I just, if I could understand why Clive made him captain in '67, and and why it was such a big gamble, but he saw he was one of the only people that saw something in him. But Bob McCarthy used to always say, you know, he looks like a choir boy, plays like the devil. He said because I'd see him on a Sunday afternoon at Redfern, try and maim people who who were trying to stand over his teammates, and he said. And within half an hour after the game finishing, we'd walk out the front of Redfern Oval and he'd be helping some old lady across Chalmers Street to the <laughs> Leagues Club. And he said it was just, you know, just such a contrast to the guy that you saw on the field who, you know, he's famous for, you know, everyone says he broke his jaw in the grand final. He actually, he actually smashed it in three places, you know, and, and every, he's famous for that. But, you know, he was a tremendous rugby league player outside of that. A great team man, but just one of the real good guys. And so many people have, have texted me today and have said, yeah, I used to go and see him at the pub, the Stratty Hotel that he had, or the Queen's Hotel, or the Cecil, or the Pacific, or the, the Runcorn, the Lawton, the Redcliffe Hotel, all these pubs that we ran over the years. And, and we lived in those pubs as well. And so many people have reached out and just sort of said, you know, he just, he just made me feel so special when I came into the pub. He always knew what I drank, and he treated me like I was the most important person in, in the world. But we had people last night texting us, and even though they copped a wallop from your old man in the pub, particularly running nude, but you know, you go, come on, put your clothes back on and just sit over there and shut up. You know, yeah. like everyone said he did it with affection. And everyone's yeah. got a John Sattler story. Yeah, you know, he, he did. He touched a lot of people emotionally because he just he wanted to help people. He just always wanted to help people. He did. He did, yeah. And, mm. and as, I, as we just said, Matty, our fathers, their greatest strength is also their greatest weakness. Yeah. And as sons, we know their weaknesses. Yeah. Um, from the outside, people see this, this great person, which they are. But then as a, as a child, sometimes you're craving their attention, but they're, you know, they're so hell-bent on trying to help everyone else because they know that they're there to secure and protect their family. How did you, how did you go with that, Satch, as a, as a young boy coming up? And, like, I mean, John Sattler is just known by everyone as, like, the toughest human to, you know, lace on a footy boot. So how did you go with it playing as a young kid? Like it- As a kid, I was okay. My mum copped grief yeah. from other junior club parents. Right. Um, and to the point where I used to get physical on the sideline where she'd be attacked. And, <laughs> yeah, and then... Um, she, she, did she break anyone's jaw? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she only broke a nail, that's it. But, um, you know, been, and he never he never entered his into my football career. He never tried to give me a lot of... You know, I had a lot of advice. Jared mm. Wallace's dad, Craig Wallace's, and I were are very good friends. And and um, we played, we were the front rowers in the under-19 runaway bay team. We'd gone through the whole season undefeated and we played Blamble Jets in the grand final at Seagull Stadium. Yep. And we were losing at half time. I remember we were walking into the dressing sheds and my dad was waiting outside the dressing sheds, which he never did. Unusual, right? And he said to me, if you lose this grand final, it's because of the two front rowers. It's always about the front rowers. <laughs> And I looked at Wall, and Wall looked at me, and we went out and played like Arthur Beetson in the second half, both of us, and, and won the game. And yeah. he texted me about that today. And 
Um, yeah, you know, I, I never. I actually, you know what, Ratten? I don't know whether you are the same. I never struggled with living in the shadow. I no, I, I, I didn't. I no. actually. I, I, I liked it. I used it as a privilege. I reveled it. I and, reveled in it. Yeah. And also, it meant that people were going to watch you far more closely than yeah. anyone else. So it sort of put a bit of pressure on a sense that you just got to be at your best. Yeah. So, you know, you always taught me make sure you got the firmest handshake in the room, which I've tried to push onto my son as well. And, yeah, I, you know, I, I just want to start celebrating his life now. Well, that's a great tribute, Sat. Some great words from Scott there to remember and celebrate a legend who was also a father, a husband a grandfather and a friend. John's greatness on the football field was matched by his gentlemanly manner off that field. As a former Rabbitohs player, the name Sattler reverberated around Redfern like a song line. The fans quick to acknowledge that Captain Sattler was the benchmark to which all other Rabbitohs aspired, but invariably fell short. The South Sydney Rabbitohs will take to the field tonight for the first time since we heard of the passing of John Sattler and fittingly they play the Manly Seagulls, the side they beat in the 1970 grand final when John Sattler played 77 minutes with a broken jaw and confirmed his place in the annals of rugby league history as one of the toughest to ever play the game. One way or another, win, lose or draw, when the final siren Sounds tonight. It'll be emotional. Scott will be there on behalf of the Sattler family. And the Rabbitohs faithful will sing glory, glory in a tribute to a fallen icon. What better way to finish our tribute to John Sattler than to have him sing the original South Sydney victory song. Johnny Sattler, a legend of our sport and country. And again, we send our thoughts and prayers to our great mate Scott and the entire Sattler family. And now that we're all round the bar, and the captain's declared it a corn, we're drinking our way through the night, and we're having the time of our lives. Throw the empties away, start again, for the boys of South Sydney are together. We'll drink till the dawn breaks again, and may the sessions of our Sydney last forever. Oh, we never stagger, we never fall. We sober up on pure alcohol, while our royal sons go marching up to the buffalo. And we'll guzzle, 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 and we'll tip it down our muzzle, and sing out the order loud and clear, more beer. And we'll drink all night, until we're very tight, of the shades of wherever we are. We've got six hefty forwards, and seven greasy backs, and plenty of, plenty of to keep the bludgers back. When the skin and hair is flying and the slaughter has begun, three cheers for the good old rabbis for the victory we have won. Good dear boys, too, we are together. Every now and then we have a win. We will play them all around on their home or gandy ground. If they'll only play a fair and honest game. Hey. That's awesome. Thanks for doing that, Dad. That's all right, mate. See you, mate. See you, buddy.